Hello and welcome to the Vinyl Wrestling Place podcast with me, Barney Howe. And me, Daffo Geary. We are back with another Vinyl Countdown today. And today's a bit of a special one. It's um, not talking about albums today. We're, we're broadening her, our horizons, aren't we, Barney? We are mixing it up big time today for you guys back at home. We are going to be discussing our top picks for NPR's Tiny Desk Concerts. Um, just wonderful. People who aren't uh, involved in them already, they are fantastic little, normally three to four to maybe five song sets from some of the biggest artists right now. They go in, do like an acoustic-y kind of set, with like a very stripped-back band, very stripped-back vocals uh, in this little radio lounge in old New York City. And um, we're going to rank our favourites because they are, have some fantastic content, some brilliant performances from an incredible range of artists. Yeah, I wouldn't put it better myself. Couldn't put it better myself. I think it's, Thanks, bro. it's yeah, it, it, it's it's exciting one for me because I don't know, we've been following Tidy Desk for ages, for years now, especially like looking back on the ones that we picked, how long ago they were released. Mm. I just think it's such a, a unique platform. Yeah, all the performances slap, like, high level slap. They um, really do. Even like there's the more unknown artists that come on, they really fucking mm, blow your doors off. It's incredible. Uh, massively, massively, which makes this a very difficult, difficult discussion. I think. Um, I think I, I, I struggled. I had arguably a sleepless night because of Ramadan, or a sleepless night because of having, <laughs> having to choose one one performance to, to, to rule them all it was it, it was back and forth I was pulling things in taking them out I was pulling my hair out it's stressful <laughs> it's like the classic double whammy of Ramadan and Tiny Desk that keeps us <laughs> <laughs> the, the mix that no one no one wanted but uh, some of us have to <laughs> um, roll with me on this Barnes roll with me on this I'm I feel like we normally build attention for for a, a vinyl countdown, but I I kind of want to get it all out in the open and, and have like a a fully fledged discussion, a, a proper debate about this. I'm down with that. Share the answers. Share the yeah. share the share the answers. All right, would you like so, to go first? Yeah, yeah. So normally me and Barney would go three, two, one, um, each, and we'd have a little argument there, and it would be quite clear. Kind of, where our leniences and, and allegiances lie. Uh, but today, uh, I'm going to give you my three, two, one. I'm going to put a disclaimer out. This is subject to change um, because I'm a, different, I'm a different person than I was last night when I wrote my final list. So mm. I could, it, it, it could change at any point in time. Um, so my third best Tiny Death concert is the Sago. My second is... Daniel Caesar and my vinyl resting place best tiny desk concert ever is from the one and only T-Pain I feel even even in that you have such a wild range of people like absolute titan of the rap game T-Pain is going against like Jazzy mostly unknown apart from in some specific circles not specific circles but way more unknown Masego Daniel Caesar's up in there as well. I'm not sure I'll be somewhere in the middle of those two, I guess. But yeah. the it's range like, of fame and styles is honestly, incredible. The names on it, the names on it are just crazy. Go on, mm. hit me, Barnes. 
Yeah, my three, two, one. Um, I mean, the, yeah, like Dapper says, this was a, a tricky, tricky time, and under different lights, definitely going to have a few other artists in there. Uh, in third place for me, I have Tom Mish, uh, doing some wonderful, wonderful things, in my opinion, but we'll get on to that in a bit. Number two, Tash Sultana, uh, absolutely incredible solo performer. Just, yeah, again, I'll get into that later, but I have so much to say about all of these guys. But my number one, my vinyl resting place choice, uh, a man who I think could potentially rival the great T-Pain is Anderson Pack. Uh, a sterling, sterling performance from him. That is a lovely list. Um, before we dive into the, the real meat of the episode, uh, I think it's worth going through the, some of those recommendations. I know you were saying that in a different light, in a different time, mm. there were maybe a few that you, you could have picked and you, you might have picked which which ones were, were were close. Say we were doing like a top five, a top six, which ones were were there is definitely, the people that, again, if people are familiar with Tiny Desk, there are well over a hundred of these. So get, getting a list this small... I dropped my mic. <laughs> <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's well over a hundred of these. Um, so getting down to three was a, a real struggle. I'd like to give a shout out to Lizzo's Tiny Desk. Yeah. Which we never discussed over text, but Lizzo's Tiny Desk is fantastic. Bang it. And again, like, part of it's obviously the music and performance, but also part of it's like the chat, the banter, and she brings mm. the banter and chat 100%. every time. 100%. Uh, I have a soft spot for Miley Cyrus in general, and her Tiny Desk does not merit the top three, but I think it is a good one. I think she's a, a performer that lends herself to live performances or recordings of live performances. Um, so I think she was very good. And also a last shout out to the Isley Brothers, uh, classic soft rock, and they come through and do exactly what I want them to do. Um, bit of banter, wonderful guitars, wonderful singing. It's yeah, just everything you would want from a tiny disc of that genre and ilk. Yeah. Uh... That's a great list again. You sure you don't <laughs> want to reconsider? No, I'm joking. We don't have time. Um, uh, what recommendations would I have? Two it is. I could go on for time. Um, <laughs> talk about chat. Um, someone who definitely like won me over with their tiny desk as an artist was uh, Tyler the Creator. Um, Ooh, yeah, okay. yeah. Like the quality of music is, is very good. Um, but like the way he the way he carried himself was was really endearing, as well as it being like a quite a, more of a stripped down vulnerable set than he would normally do on like a live show. Um, so that was sick. Um, mm. Then I would say Thames. She did one really really recently, like five months ago, one of the home ones, um, and that just slaps. That like, she's in some like grand horde in nigeria and it's just the settings are unreal and the vocals are unreal and i'm just like a little bit in love with her um and then samfa samfa was so close like samfa could be could be the could be the best tiny death concert (laughs) 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 she's not made the top three (laughs) yeah yeah he's not he's not made the top three but honestly i was listening listening back to it this weekend i was like god Damn, this is unreal. Um, and it wouldn't be a vinyl resting place episode if we didn't mention Mac Miller. Um, but don't worry, I didn't put him in my top three because, you know, I've got to keep the content, content fresh. But that also 
could be the best one ever. It's very true. We, <laughs> do, we, do, we do bring him up every yeah, single week, but it was so good. It was so good. It was so good. I feel like I'm doing him a disservice by not putting him in, but um, that, 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 that's fine. I'm coming to terms with that. Also, I think it's actually quite an interesting um, topic. I know we're, we're digressing again on our digression, but none of us picked any like rappers rapping. That's and true. He, and I find it's, it's it's a platform or like uh, a, a medium that doesn't lend itself like to your out and out rappers like Chance the Rapper's done one, like Wu Tang have done one, Run the Jewels have done one, like the list goes on. Obviously, Matt Miller's mm-hmm. done one, and for whatever reason, it doesn't give them the opportunity to to shine in the same way. I don't know if that's something you found at all i don't know i mean now you mention it i hadn't i hadn't thought about it before but i think it the tiny desk vibe is always one of like mellowness or about like truly like you know slow head rocking appreciating the tunes and i think p artists whose genres or styles don't fit into that are put on the back foot definitely i mean like we got t-pain in there who is a rapper but he is a much more singing more vocal based performance in this so i think like they they can bend it to their strengths or bend it to the session style but you're right i had i really hadn't thought about that but you're yeah completely right that rap has has not featured on our list and it does normally when we talk about you know vinyl countdowns you normally bring in some rap or some kind of like you know something similar at least um intriguing Uh Intriguing. Intriguing, Intriguing. Depot. Yeah, Intriguing. you know. That's good I, discussion there. I, hey, I tried to. I tried to. Another thing we didn't bring in, just thinking about the, the Isley Brothers and, and Thames, actually. Um, the home ones. Yeah. Different ballgame. Different ballgame. Harder, mm. I would say. Harder. Much harder. Because I'm not sure if they actually have audiences for the home one, but they don't have that, like, interaction. And, yeah. Um, banter in the in the place with yeah, the desk yeah yeah exactly and for yeah. what, maybe maybe i'm a i'm a slave to the to the setting but if they're not if they're not in the actual office of npr then i'm just like yeah like i will listen to it but it doesn't have it it doesn't feel proper to me it doesn't feel real yeah i totally hear you it's just it is it is different and not in a good way um but credits them for even you know making our well, top sixes, you know, we've got ten yeah. in there, like and they like we say it would be harder for them because they don't have all the all the same benefits that the other guys do. But they've still turned out some absolute bots. Um so credit to credit where it's you. Yeah. Credit to NPR as well for keeping it going over lockdown, like it like, must have been hard. Must have been hard, like Show me that junk you showed me yesterday. You got hair hair today. <laughs> 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 Give me, that, give me that shoulder. Uh. Come in. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. You're on vacation now. Uh, say it again. Alright. Depo Geary. Talk to me about Masego. What can I say about Masego? Masego is one of my favourite performers, I would say. I think he oozes a level of cool which some people 
will never ever reach in their life like he's just so confident and comfortable on stage um he just he just controls it in a way that draws people in like he, he's really he's a really encapsulating character um and, and really captivating uh and he released his uh tiny desk about two years ago which funnily enough i think is the it's the newest one on our top six or top top threes like all the other ones are like four or five six years old this one's coming up to mm. coming up to three years old he released it kind of back end of 2019 i think um, and he, is, he he released this off the back of his first album coming out, um, and it is a real like insight into how he views his music. Uh, one of the things that I really love in um, in like halfway through is is he starts to direct the band behind him and conduct what he wants and you can tell okay well they came in with a uh, a set list and they came in with a, a, a bit of rehearsal between them um but he's just in the in the vibe in the moment drawing he's mm-hmm. like no that do that again no, that rerun that and, and it was just it, it's just like him in his element um one thing as well it's a, it's a bit of a hefty one you get five songs as opposed to your, your normal three you get a big dose of Masego. Um, mm. and it's it's just so effortless. I think that's the thing. Like I was talking to I was talking to Barney before we started recording this. It's like live, he just sounds so good. The, the, the I think one of the one of the, the things that I am using as a as like a parameter for one something being the best in this episode is like elevating. The music from the recording and there's got to be a standout moment or a standout element of the performance which is better to listen to the tiny desk than just sticking on their album for example um yeah. and like yeah. the, the the vocalist he's got on on uh for for this the whole set the relationship they have and the harmonies that they they put together are incredible and they're songs that i genuinely don't necessarily listen to like for example black love and i do everything the the last two songs on the set i'm a bit over them i I think they're a little bit um basic in in their like uh in their construction um which is not a bad thing uh but it's how i feel um but in this i could listen to it over and over and over and over again um and and that for me is is the epitome of, of what makes Tiny Desk so great is that they let you look at some of their songs and some of their music in a completely different light and Masego is a great example of that Fair well, I think that's um, a very 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 compelling argument for Masego I hadn't considered the elevation aspect of what you just talked about there. I think that's a really good parameter to put against the music like is it better or sufficiently different that it merits listening to this rather than just the record and I mean, I, I didn't know much per se before going to this, but the ones I did know, they are sufficiently different and that they are performed in a live way that feels not more haphazard, but more carefree. I think yeah. what you're saying. Like, yes, less brick by brick constructed and more loose, more... Like, yeah, like you said, he had fun with it. And yeah. uh, 
that also came through in his chat, I thought. I really enjoyed... Um, Tadov was great. And then at the start of Nelu, he says, like, white people love this one. And you know what I did? <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> Speaking for the white people, he was absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> I love what he did with it. And um, he's, he's definitely... He really nailed that performance element in a way mm. I really appreciated. It wasn't just great music. It was... a it was a real tiny desk in terms of his interaction with the camera, interaction with like the NPR guys. And like you're saying with this band as well, like they weren't just doing the same thing they do every time they go into a recording booth. He was mixing it up, he was changing yeah. it. He was producing live, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is um, really cool and not an easy thing to do, I imagine. I've never done it before, obviously, but yeah, definitely very fully a, a musician who knows and loves his own music as well mm. as knowing how it all fits together. So yeah, hats off to Masego. Big fan. Big very, fan. very noble, noble entry into the list. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's gay, bro. It's, 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 I think this is going to be quite a, a wholesome, like, lovely episode. Like, I, I'm not in the... The sun's shining, bro. Like, I just listened to... Like, day, like, yeah. Two hours of Tiny Death back-to-back. I'm just... I'm in a, I'm in a great mood. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in so mellow, yeah. Something in this sound that takes me far It's like a special song Can move my mood along What I cannot say you'll hear through my Hit guitar. me with Mr. Tom Mish Mish like fish, not Mish like fish Nice kid <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Mish, I'm a big fan of in general Um... This was done just after he released Geography, which was one of his bigger albums, one that potentially really put him on the map for reels. Um, so this is a guy coming, you know, in and really being like, you know, saying, I'm here now. I merit this tiny desk. In my mind, he does. I think he does a very good job with it. I think he plays... It runs through me and move, I think, are two... Again, like we're saying, coincidentally, like just sufficiently different from his one's on the album itself, like he's having a bit of fun with them, mixing them up, the levels are very obviously different in this, like he plays down his vocals a bit more, he plays up the instrumental more. Um, very good, but if I had one negative comment for it, I think he misses the tiny element of the desk. There is like a a huge, huge band behind the man and a lot of like <laughs> editing and like, not auto-tune, but like, you know, like, technological changes to the sounds yeah, that are coming yeah. out of these instruments mm-hmm. i prefer it more when they're more stripped back so as, yeah. a, as a big tom mish fan and I, I do think he he brings a chat he's like he's friendly he's yeah. like telling a few jokes not on the level of masego but like he is a charismatic chap mm. um in a british way right in a british way yeah 100 yeah in a british way um he is uh yeah just not i don't think he really stripped it back enough for me i would like to see a, a much more acoustic level from tom mish just to see, to see if it could be done because i think it could be done i think it could be a beautiful thing but yeah very good but for me the size of it inhibits it from being higher up my list 
I, I think my my issue with with, with um, Tom Mish is probably the same issue that I have with Masego um, in terms of why it's not high up the list. Like as a piece of like music, as a, as like a video to watch, I don't really have any faults with it. But I just feel as though that version of Tom Mish. He's surpassed that. Like he's better than this now. Like not even that. Like that. I just, I just feel like if say if Tom Mish were to do a tiny death now, I think it would be a hundred times better, and it would be like a very firm number one or number two. Where and it's the same with the Sega. Like I feel like one, the body of work that they've done since this has been released, and and two, kind of how they've grown into their own um, like musicianship, if that's a word, and, and they become, I think, more well-rounded artists and, and they have a better grasp of, of where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are as well and things like that. I just feel like this, we caught them, like you say, at a, hey, this is this is my coming out party sort of, sort of vibe, whereas sometimes an artist doesn't do their their tiny desk until they are super well established and, and sometimes i feel like they, those are maybe a bit cleaner a bit more polished but like you say it's good it's just a little bit it's just it's just a, it's just a little bit there for me it doesn't yeah it doesn't blow me away it does it, it's very good but it doesn't it doesn't do anything incredibly special mm, mm, i think yeah but what you've hit on is a really interesting thing with the tiny desks is that they are all so solidified in their own individual time yeah so we're pitting like 2019 maseo against like i'm not sure of the year but let's say 2017 t-pain yeah yeah and like they are both yeah grown and adulted then and it's like it's a reflection of the stages in their music they were going through at that moment or like how they were feeling and like you get Obviously, T-Pain's been going for potentially decades at this point. Yeah. So he hasn't ever polished, but at points, you enjoy the grit and improvisationalness of Masego, yeah. which other artists who are more so have been singing these songs for decades cannot bring to the table. It's yeah. such an interesting balance of... You want it to be a bit rougher on the edges, but you also want those edges to be rough in the correct places, if you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, I, I feel like it is actually a difficult comparison, Mm. The T Pain one was twenty fourteen, which is nuts. <laughs> oh, twenty fourteen! Wow, I thought it was. Yeah, it's, it's twenty fourteen. But then, like you were saying, like he was coming at this like when one tiny desk was a new, was a new platform or new a mm. newer platform. I think I saw Adele's one was about twenty eleven, so it's not super super new, but it wasn't the like powerhouse that it was or that it is now. Um, mm. But he had the whole of the noughties behind him where he, he was just absolutely on top of the world. As much as he doesn't do, like, uh, he doesn't do, like, a, a stripped back sets like that on a regular basis. The guy's a performer and he this is this is second nature to him. Whereas you compare that to a, a Tom Mission in 2018 or a, a Tash Sultana who are in, in 2017 who's just, like, a flipping twenty-one-year-old kid who, who who are unbelievably talented, but this is a huge deal. Especially what like they're both overseas artists for NPR. Like Tassel Tan is Australian, Tom Mish is American. 
Thomas is, is English. Uh, they, they've been called to travel across to America. This is like part of their breaking the breaking the the American market, getting their name out mm. there in in in, in the space. Um, that's nerve wracking. That's a, that's a huge deal, and, and I think big the, jump, big jump. The the context of how they're doing it definitely plays a part into their performance. And like you are, like you said, that they're so. They're right. They're, we have to look at them in their time. They are encapsulated in that era because mm. it is it's difficult to, to say like okay, well Tom Miss should have been as polished as as uh, T Pain when he he'd only really been making music for four years at the time. Like it's just it's not a fair comparison. But yeah, you know we've got to differentiate somehow. Like we 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 are splitting hairs. But I think that's the thing with um, maybe the ones that we're going to talk about. Like if we look at Daniel Caesar, Tash Sultana, Anderson Pack, and T Pain. I feel like all four of those are like they they elevate their music somehow. Whereas I feel mm. like Masego and Masego and Tom Mish are great and there are there are really lovely moments in them, but then they don't just they'd slap. Yes. They don't slap in the same way. They're nice listens. They're they're comforting, but they're not jaw dropping or breathtaking. And finally, 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 I'll introduce my friend over here. One time for her. does hold your number two spot yeah. so why is he up there um instead <laughs> <laughs> of so judgmental <laughs> um i'm just I, i'm i'm super obsessed with his voice like just incredibly 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 obsessed with his voice um i say it a lot like i'm very um i'm very not skeptical but i i'm not I'm, I'm harsher on male vocals than I am on female vocals naturally but like, I don't know why I just think it's it's a, a harder thing to get right and I think there's a lot of people who are riding off fame who are not like insane vocalists um, which is fine um, each to their own uh, but I, I feel like Daniel Caesar is someone who is so vocally astute but doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Obviously, he's Grammy nominated, blah, 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 blah. But, like, in terms of genuine worldwide fame, I, I don't think it, it's where it should be. Like, Freudian is an album. We spoke about it with uh, Sophie's episode. Um, just the, the, like, 
depth of his voice um, and, and this comes across so so nicely in, in his tidy desk mm. and I feel like I'm such a slag for harmonizers harmonizers uh, harmonies god <laughs> um, <laughs> just because I just don't understand it I love skills that I can't do or I can't do very well and mm, I feel that the the four and, and when her comes in like five part harmonies that they do are just effortless and so 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 like warming and it's just such a lovely such a lovely set and he, he did something that I think um, could be seen as like pandering so for his tiny desk he just picked his three most listened to songs on Spotify he was like give, yeah. the, people, give the people what they want um, but he they, they were all different like I feel like this version of best part is the nicest version maybe soft like like closely followed by the colors studios but I can't decide yet but for me this is this is the best version of of, of best part that I, I I've ever heard that it's better than the studio recording it's better than any live performances that I've, that I've looked up it's just it's just stunning um and you were talking about kind of the I don't know um like producing as you go along element of um, that Dan um, Masego for this one, like they decided, even though they've got quite a few people like in in the studio, they they decided to center it around the the pianist. Um, the pianist is like mm. um, pianist is like a uh, a producer and uh, he's like a, a band conductor as well, and like subtly and, and quite. Um, nicely, he is actually just sort of directing and producing as they go along. Like he's he's guiding them through each song, and he's um, like he's like creating kind of a, a, a set on the fly, which I think is is a, a really lovely way to approach the tiny desk. Like it's not being led by the the artist himself. Like he might as well be a session musician. On, on the side of it like it's 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 not about Daniel Caesar it's about the music itself um and yeah I I think I'd, I'd be doing him a disservice if he wasn't in my top three because he might be my, my favorite male vocalist in the world and um he kills it and he, he, picked, he does he picked the three best songs that he's ever made as well so yeah um, I, I almost because like we were saying like with um you brought him on Masego, like there's songs in there that you maybe wouldn't listen to as much on just the record. So I almost wish he'd pick something that weren't his top three, like maybe in his bottom oh, three. Really? And I could have heard them like how he hears them. Because I should, I know he's not putting music out that he doesn't like like and think is good. Like I, I already love Best Part. Like I, I think I've said before, even when we talked to Sophie about it, that I think it's one of the best romance songs of all time. Yeah. Um, so to hear and then get that experience from another Daniel Caesar song that maybe I don't rep as much, um, I would have really appreciated that. But at the same time, though, I'm I'm splitting hairs here because obviously I loved it. Obviously, you know his honey vocals come through so nicely in that session. Like I say, the bass around the piano, that lovely gentle tinkling in the background, the harmonies. Like again, we are really nitpicking here to find much fault with this. Um, 
I think this is the best version of Japanese denim that he's I, done. I can agree with that as well. Yeah, I, I think that, that is... Well. Like, as an opener to a set. Mm. Like, so nice. So, so nice. nice. So strong. Nice. Very strong. Very like... I bet that brave and bold are not the right words because again it's too soft for that. It's just it's just utterly, utterly perfectly done. And yeah. um just massive hats off to him for that. Um You've kind of covered all the bases basically Daniel Caesar's selling point is that he is one of the greatest male vocalists currently operating and he comes on and does some of the best male vocals currently operating. So yeah. like it's <laughs> It's it's hard to hard to diss the man. Yeah, I, my 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 only criticism is I wish he'd done something that I hadn't listened to a lot already before, so I could fall in love all over again. I think if I did have one one criticism, I guess it, again that like, criticism is hard, and I think I um I probably valued like the personality side of it less when I was like looking over who to choose and like I think I think he he was a little bit flat in comparison to some other artists who've been on a tiny desk just in terms of like the interaction and, and I don't know um putting in an audience and that like I've seen him do interviews and, and bits like before and like he seems like a really lovely guy I'm sure he is but one of the great things about a tiny desk, which we've spoken about with both Tom Mish and Masego, we've spoken about with uh, <coughs> with uh, uh, Ty the Creator and Lizzo, it's an opportunity to to see a different side to an artist. An opportunity to, to yeah, to so true. Get a little bit more of a of an insight into them as a person, and, and that is one of the things that makes the platform so unique. And for on that front of things, I don't think he particularly shines. Um, for want of a mm. better word, but again, this, this is that is splitting hairs. Like the guy was was brought on to see, yeah. and he does exactly that. Um, to, <laughs> it's, it's like it doesn't matter if he doesn't crack jokes and things like that that are super super funny. But um, yeah, that that would be my, my only criticism it, it, as like a as like a wider show and, and a wider performance. It was just a little bit lacking on the uh, the showmanship. But hey, I hear that. Yeah. Can't, can't have everything, can you? Yeah, absolutely. Or can you? Oh, we'll see oh. As we progress further yeah, on this. Them's fighting words. <laughs> them's is.
I would like to talk about Tash Sultana. I would like to talk about Tash Sultana too. I want to hear what you have to say. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, so back last year, I'm sure most of our listeners will know, I set myself the challenge of listening to um, a new album and reviewing it every single day. I didn't quite manage it, but I churned out 210 album reviews across the year in the end. That's disgusting. And <laughs> that's there's a lot, there's a lot of great. so gross, but I'm really proud of you. Thanks, bro. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the first albums that a friend sent in and I listened to was Tash Sultana's Flow State from 2018, which I was a huge fan of. I really enjoyed it and then went from there to listen to more of her music. As uh, Dapo and I have already said, we are once again angry and annoyed that someone this talented can be this young, younger than us. Uh, merely 21 years old, she comes over and does this tiny desk. And I think is the only one out of our our selection here who does it entirely solo. It is her on vocals and on guitar. I think there's someone who does like a bit of the audio mixing because she does have some effects on her voice for some of like the backing stuff that she she loops in. Um, but this is yeah just a 21 year old lady. Absolutely rocking it, and I think that's in my eyes she gets a lot of points for that in terms of really understanding the tininess of the desk <laughs> it is solely her just performing her heart out and that's another thing is that she really the physical it, it's not as mellow as any of the other ones I've chosen but the, the physical emotion and like love and care and excitement she has in her performance like she is reaching for those notes she is like stretching her neck like rocking out leaning back you know closed eyes on some of those lovely high notes on a guitar like so this is a woman who was born to perform and who is doing it at an unbelievable level like for anyone never mind for someone of her age on her own in a foreign city like i mean yeah it's very just very cool um only a three track tiny desk this time opening with jungle <laughs> yeah it's like 25 minutes <laughs> it is also by far and away longest <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, tw- 25 minutes, give or take. Well, give, because it's over 25 minutes. <laughs> um, opening with Jungle, which is what kind of put her on the map. She was um, like even 18 or so, I think, when she released that on YouTube. And within a week, it had over a million views. Um, again, just her looping, guitar, singing. Uh, that opens the tiny desk. It's kind of like, you know, she is still quite a new artist. Um, she's getting bigger gigs. Like She played the um, Hammersmith Apollo literally a week ago. Uh, which I saw when I cycled past it, and I was annoyed because I did not have tickets. <laughs> um, but that was great. But then ending the set with Blackbird, which is um, one of my favourite songs of hers. Uh, I really appreciated that. I thought that was fantastic. Um, honestly, I think, yeah, the, the bravery of her performance, the solo-ness of it, the fact that she did it alone, I think is fantastic. The quality of the music is incredible. It's also different from some of the other things we've seen in terms of like the looping she brings in. Like it's a lot of her tracks always build up as they go and crescendo mightily uh, towards the end. I, I think she she absolutely knocked out of the park. She did something quite different with it. She went more aggressive with the tiny desk than most people dare to go. And there was a lot of roughness in that performance, but that kind of lends itself to her stylings as an artist. Um, 
so I was a huge fan. I was I was really, really impressed, really, really happy with Tesh Altana on this one. I think she yeah, really balled it and absolutely deserves the uh the second place spot in my eyes. I think she uh she's fantastic. Agreed. Honestly, entirely, entirely agreed. I, I think um I, I had notes one of the notes that I wrote down, I just put about halfway through jungle. I was just like ethereal, like it was just mesmerizing man um i think there is something to be said for the the kind of like one man looping completely completely off at a tangent um it reminds it reminds me of two very different artists it reminds me of bicep and ed sheeran um Ooh, yeah, okay. like in the sense like you were mentioning of, of the, the minimalistic beginnings to a, a wild crescendo uh, for bicep, like that, that kind of wave washing over you of sound by the end of it that you're just like lost, definitely comes through in this tiny desk, which is so difficult to do in a individual setting, and when it's just really you and your guitar, like that is that is is, is uh, really impressive. And the reason I said Ed Sheeran, as much as I don't like Ed Sheeran's music, I saw him live way back when and he makes a performance of like him building up his songs just him and his loop pedal and like he was able to captivate all the flipping Wembley Stadium by doing that um whereas obviously this is is again not like a, a live live performance but very similarly to how that jungle was when it was released like in her house just her and her loop pedal it was it it was something so simple but the like precise performative nature of looping your songs on stage immediately captivates people um and i think it's something that she does unbelievably well um and like she she just seems so in the zone throughout the whole 25 minutes like she just she doesn't take it didn't take any time off she's just building 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 which i think is sick the only negative i would have is i feel like ever so slightly song by song it gets worse just because jungle's my favorite mm, that's uh, and, and not not to say that i dislike blackbird i just like blackbird less than notion i like notion less than jungle and that just happens to be the order that she she put it in and i was like oh okay you start started me off with this big high and then i've slightly dipped a little bit but like i mean that's subjective I mean, you having blackbird at the end is probably a part like it builds to what you feel is your favorite which i which i totally understand i totally get um mm. but yeah like serious serious choice i like this i like this one a lot i like this one i, like this one, I like this one a lot really appreciate that yeah. i'm uh yeah I'm, I'm gassed you enjoyed it as well thank you i think that's very fair I'm, I'm, yeah like i said i'm just really glad you um enjoyed it like i do i think I, I really i really wish tash like all the success i think she deserves i think she's genuinely one of like the more exciting up and comers in the genre right now. I say the genre, I'm not even sure what genre she is, but um, I think she's great.
to you Let me buy you a drink and an empty pain You know me, convict music that be bowie I know the club, close at three What's the chances of you rolling with me Back to the crib, show you how I live Let's get drunk and forget what we did I'ma buy you a drink The man himself, T Pain. Um, T Pain. I I picked T Pain because I think it might have been the first Tiny Desk concert I ever listened to. Um, it's been down ever since there, though. Yeah, it's honestly, honestly, <laughs> they haven't improved in seven years. Is <laughs> is where we're at now. Um, I know I was saying like Daniel Caesar is my favourite male vocalist going around and, and I definitely stand by that I think there's a very very strong argument to say that T-Pain is technically a better singer than um, than Daniel Caesar or to maybe loop it back into this setting he shows off his vocal abilities and vocal range in his tiny desk exponentially mm. more like it, it is ridiculous I, I think the thing that makes this my number one is that T-Pain to me is is auto-tune is hip-hop slash pop like he is naughty's trashy music that I love yeah and, and that was that was the place that he had held in my my listening lifestyle and I was okay with that and I was I was happy for him to occupy that space in my brain um, and he drops this and, I'm like, and everything I think I know about music is entirely incorrect. And I'm like, but you, you, you're incredible. And I, I think it, it poses questions to me. I'm like, well, why does why does he hide this? Like, why does he choose to mm. alter and change and chop what is such a stunning instrument? Um, Legit, yeah. And like, there's so many things that I've seen previously. I think I was watching, I was deep on like a, a YouTube rabbit hole. And it was talking about an interview that he, he was given, and he was like, "Oh yeah, uh, when he first when he first broke into the scene, people were just absolutely dogging him. People were like, oh, this guy's never gonna make it. You're you're terrible. Like, you're killing music.' And like when he after he, I think it was like a, his first Grammys." Uh, nomination or first Grammys award show like he was chilling with um, Kanye West or Jay-Z or someone um, and this was before like uh, he did all like good life or whatnot with Kanye but he was like you what you're doing is great and I'm really I'm really pleased that you you made it this far but you have killed music and I was like, that is so, yeah. <laughs> that's so heavy for someone that's to take horrible, that. Man. That's so, it's so heavy. And it's not even like, it was like, not an indictment on his abilities, but it was like what you have started. And it, I, I kind of see it. Like the, mm. the, the, he opened the floodgates for, look, if you can't sing, if you 
if you don't have that ability, there is a computer that will make you sound better. If you can sing and you want to sound a little bit crisp or you want to hit this note that you know you physically can't, don't worry, a computer can make that. And like, there is an argument to say that the success of T-Pain has led to a lot of the like digitization of vocals across genres, not just in R&B and hip hop, like everywhere. There is it's such a heavy reliance on different editing and special effects to, to make a song sound a certain way. And I think T-Pain, mm. T-Pain was, was that artist for me and to find out and to experience how um, talented he was, was a real eye opener. Also, the songs choice that he, they are all bangers. They're bangers if they come on in the club, they're bangers if I hear them on my, in my, on my headphones. And then to hear an acoustic version of them where he's just doing all the runs up and down, vocal acrobatics was unreal. And like, I definitely spent a lot of time in my childhood slash now just trying to imitate those those little riffs and runs that he does. <laughs> and I, I think, like you said, just him and a piano, it is a tiny desk. Like it is, mm. for me, a tiny desk and it encapsulates what the uh, what the platform was, it was meant for an artist to come on and showcase their stuff and, and give you something a bit different, a bit new. And I love it. Yeah, I think that's such a... I mean, first of all, interesting. I didn't know any of that history with T-Pain about people saying he's ruined music. Um, very bait for him. Yeah. Some absolute bangers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he deserves the success he's had. But I, yeah, I, similar to you, I always forget that... Well, I didn't know, to be quite frank, that he is um, such an incredible singer before listening to his tiny desk. I did not know that about T-Pain. Um he is a genuine and very lovely person as a guest like he is cracking jokes he is making people laugh and smile at one point he goes like uh this is my pianist penis is a funny word yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is like jokes like yeah didn't have to do that he didn't have but to be like i'm liking this guy I'm yeah liking <laughs> and he starts it and he literally like the second or third sentence he says is uh, I bet you guys are all wondering where the auto tune is. Don't worry, yeah. I've got it in my pocket. Is it? <laughs> it's just, it's just implanted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's um, the jokes guy. They really, yeah, he's really, he's really, really, he has that. He has that like capacity as the guest to like entertain in the talking segments. But like he brings it vocally. Mm. Oh. Like you're saying, like I, I mean, I've not even have no idea, but there is no way I can do some of the stuff he does with his voice on those tracks. Like he is. Like, like you said earlier, um, I love seeing people do things I can't do. And I think that's why I like female vocalists a lot as well, because they hit notes and do things I can never do. And uh, T-Pain is now also in that category as a man who is simply a fantastic singer. It's a different, you know, because his songs are notorious for like, not notorious, but like a lot of them feature like saying, you know, shorty in the club. Yeah. Bounce that ass up and down. Yeah. <laughs> but hearing it, Hearing it sung like that, it really imbues it with such emotion. Like I can hear his longing for shorty and like his, yes. his like <laughs> love of the situation. Like I said that with absolute uh, sincerity. Like it's he is such a, a passionate vocalist. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel it, like I was in the club with shorty. It, it gives was incredible. It, it gives a, a completely different context to the song. Absolutely, like, absolutely. It, if you didn't know that they were 
they they didn't know the songs before and and like where <laughs> where they sit in the sort of field of, of uh, kind of dancey R and B and and like songs about hoes and money and clubs. Mm. You could you you could feel you could you could I think you could honestly say like oh yeah this is like a this is like a Atlanta hood love song like it, it, it's yeah it, it frames the, the 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 song in a completely different way and mm. it, you know it, it doesn't lose any of the I don't know like the like the banger nature of it as well like you mm. think songs like that where they're not kind of super complex. They're not lyrically profound. You think if you strip it back to just a man and his piano, yeah. it, 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 it's going to lose some of the energy. It's not going to be as enjoyable. It's just going to sound a bit naff, really. A guy mm. like doing runs at like uh, about asses and stuff. Like you wouldn't think that, that <laughs> it, wouldn't think that that would be nice. Mm. But it works. But it, it works. It, it works incredibly well. Um, and it's it's a, mad. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. I love Even it. Even at like the end of the Hangover, the film, like they're at the wedding. Spoiler <laughs> alert for Hangover. They get to the wedding, and um, there's like the wedding band is like this like white guy and like this like jazz quartet singing like I take you to the candy, <laughs> I let you lick the lollipop, and like they make it into a joke, but T Pain like actually did, I it, did it. It works. Yeah, it really works. Uh, like. Yeah. And I, th- I think had he had more of a band, had he had more of, like, the techno element, it would have been too much. But, like, just him, just the pianist, lol, that's a funny word. <laughs> it, he, it, it works. It is, in all sense of the word, like, the perfect tiny desk. It's a tiny desk. He has the banter. He has the vocal abilities. It excels or differentiates itself from his records in a way I haven't seen before. It reminds you of why you like the artist. He brings in the classics, but also some lesser-known songs, some of his older stuff. Uh, yeah, T-Pain's tiny desk. Y'all niggas got me hot. If you know this shit, sing along. Niggas got me hot. Who dares come into the lair of T-Pain? <laughs> um, I think if one man... Again, I mean, shout out to Mac Miller because his tiny desk is incredible. And uh, if we weren't having a, a ban on Mac Miller <laughs> conversation, <laughs> I also think he could hold a candle to it. But uh, Anderson Pack, Anderson Pack's tiny desk is just some of the tastiest... Where, where, where T-Pain... Took it down, took it slow, and, uh, you know, emotionalised this, like, you know, what we're saying, uh, booties and hoes rap songs. Um, <laughs> <Booties>. <laughs> yeah, I... 
Anderson Pack is much more upbeat, much more like lively, like even so he opens it with Come Down, um, which is a fun, you know, really like bouncing down the street kind of song in the first place. But like, I think it's like off the third line, he's like, come on, you guys know the words, sing along. And it's like that kind of like join in fun atmosphere that he brings to the studio is something that's to have like the confidence as a person and artist to ask people to sing along and like really expect it and also like the, the type of music where people can sing along and join in is a is a hard thing to do um i'm a big anderson pack fan in general people who've listened to our vinyl countdowns before silk sonic took our best album of 2021 and obviously he is one half of them um i think does he improve as much or like differentiate himself from his records in the way that t-pain has on that level no but I think he performs them with such energy, such like gravitas, such like enthusiasm that he he gets that tick for me in any way. I think he is a fantastic guest and a fantastic performer. I'm annoyed that I feel like I don't have more to say about it. Apart, like, like you know, we've been, we've been nitpicking since this episode began, but I I have no nits to pick. I think he is just a just a wonderful one performance. It doesn't it doesn't. It's not as much a surprise as the T-Pain one is, because I knew I was going to love it. But the, the, the ball was just never dropped. He just holds it, and he plays with it, and he goes with it, and it's fantastic. It's just a great, great performance, a great set. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think, to be honest, the, 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 the point where I would maybe contest with you is like the elevation level. Um, mm. I think there is something to be said... That, this is studio quality, which, yeah. like, so like, even though it doesn't sound kind of, it's not a super far departure from what he released in his, in, in, in his, like, in his bodies of work, it is as crisp, as clean, as, like, just spot on as if he were to, if, as if we were listening to him recording the song in the studio. I think that, Absolutely. Is, and yeah. I think that is a, is something that is so, so difficult to replicate. Like mm. a lot of people say, oh yeah, like their vocals were as crisp as they were in the studio. Their vocals were this, their vocals were that. But the whole band as a whole, like the Free Nationals actually did a, um, a tiny desk before, um, Anderson Pack, like Anderson Pack's one was like the the second coming, as it were, because he was the drummer. Um, he was the drummer that uh, on their original one, but like they were just so polished, so so spot on. And like, I've seen Anderson Pack live at a festival, and it was just nothing on this. Like it was it was great, don't get me wrong, but like having the intimate, close setting. I think suited them so so well, especially for the like the, the tunes on Malibu, which are maybe less like hard hitting and more just sort of floaty, and you just ease your way through them. It was just uh, it was just uh, the perfect combination for me, um, and I, I I totally get why you would pick this number one. Like it is, I think the one of the the most musically strong. It's one of the most enjoyable. It's probably one of the most fun as well. Like you can just listen to it and, and have a great time. 
and know that they're having a great time too. Come on, this is Toro, one of the best people I play in the world. Pianist. <laughs> Funny word. Um... The one I want to shout out. So I could have put this in the black top, um, the top three, because it's not really a Tiny Desk concert. They, they did like a, a lockdown con uh, contest where people could just like send in their songs, basically. Um, and there's a band that I'm a big, big fan of called Melt. Like they're a group of, and they met at like NYU, um, New York University. They're all music students, um, and they write really like fun kind of jazzy pop songs, basically. Um, and they did one in the in the 2020 NPR uh, Tiny Desk concert, uh, and there's like nine of them, and the song's called Waves. Um, it's just unbelievable. Like it's unbelievable. It's one of one of my favourite songs of the past five years, um, and the vocalist is everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> the vocals on the, the and she's just she's just singing in her bedroom, and there's like a, a guy playing the cello, and they've got sax, they've got someone. They're, they're always having such a great time, and they are a super super talented band, um, and. Uh, it is um, so worth a listen to. Uh, like I found Mel, I can't even, on sort of a YouTube deep dive. Um, but as a band, like I've got a lot, a lot of time for them. I actually wrote a musical, the jukebox musical, using like half their songs. Waves is, is like end of act one, big takeaway banger screaming vocals curtains down everyone's stunned like that that sort of tune um and i just can't get enough of it and if they did like three more songs they would have 100 percent been on my top three because i think they are some of the most talented musicians and i can't wait for them to just kind of blow up so i can come go and see them live because they're incredible yeah I'm really glad you um, touched out that. I've been lucky enough to read the uh, a draft of the script, and um, it's good. It's really good. I'm really <laughs> good. excited to read a more recent one. Um, and yeah, again, Mirroring Depot, they are a fantastic band, full of great performers, great ideas, great vocals, great words, great music. Like, it's, yeah, more people should know about Melt. They are a big thing. I normally use this podcast as a, as a way to shout out artists who... I want to move to, which is probably not great. But when <laughs> 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 well, you say it out loud, it's just terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> today I want to use the platform. Honestly, if if if, if this basically this play is written, this is this is ready to go. It's, hard, it's a jukebox musical using Melt songs and a band called Lawrence using their songs as well. Fortunately, can't do anything with this play because you know copyright because I didn't write the music. I need to talk to these bands. I need to have this conversation. And mm. if we as a community, the Vida Western Place community, can get me on a Zoom or in a room with members of Melt or Lauren, it would be very useful because I feel like this play needs to be seen at this point in time. But um, we, I agree. we need their approval. 
they might say no, but I need to have the conversation anyway. <laughs> they might be like, dude, why did you write a musical? To our, that's, not, that's not the point of our songs. But anyway, um, that's my little plug. That's uh, Lovely plug, uh, delicious. Uh, yeah, delicious, delicious. I am uh, a, a big, big fan, and I think you will listen to Waves and definitely go and listen to, to some of their opportunities as well. And then you'll go mm. and read my play. So it, it's, it, all, it all works out. Everyone's um, all Um, I know everybody's wondering where the auto-tune is going to come from. It's okay, I got it in my pocket. It's totally fine. You got it right here. It's all surgically inserted. Uh... Would you like to attempt to rank? I wouldn't like to, but I think I'll do it because, you know, content. Bar- Barney, being the generic boy he is, picked the uh, uh-huh. most popular one. Average white guy, number one. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, so my ranking is number six, Tom Mish. Okay. Number five, Masego. Right, okay. Number four, Daniel Caesar. Okay. This is where I think I might get a bit controversial. Right. Number three, Anderson Pack. No way. Yeah. Number two, Tash Sultana. Number one, Deepak. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's very, I didn't think Tash was going to be up there for you. Yeah. Um, I, I, we both agree she was great, but putting her above Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tash Sultana is just sick. Like, just so good. It's so, so good. good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and as much as I like, did give that whole spiel about like being crisp and studio quality is great, like in terms of what I like to listen to or what draws me back to a tiny desk is something that is just like completely out there and different from what you're expecting. Like if yeah. I was if I was gonna listen to studio quality I'd just listen to the song. Um just in terms of like as a passive audience member. Um but yeah, that that's my that's my top six. Where does that sit with you? That that's genuinely like genuinely convinced me to change my own order. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree that Tom Mish is in sixth. Yeah. I love the man, I love what it brings to the table, but I think wasn't everything it could have been. Mm-hmm. My fifth place ever will be Daniel Caesar. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he has been pipped to the post by Masega. Okay. I think puts on a more exciting, more interesting performance. Mm. Uh, and I love the banter. I love the banter the man brings. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In third place... Is what was initially my number one pick, Anderson Pack. Really? Is yeah. that is that a new change, or was that was that? That like... is a new change. I was going to put Anderson above Tash. So I was like, well, I've got to. But you're right. Like Tash is more what the Tiny Desk concert is about. Uh, so Tash goes in second place, and number one has to be T Pain. It has to be T Pain. Love that. Love that. T Pain is just it is the best Tiny Desk concert. It is the best. It is the best. It is the best tiniest concert. It is the best tiniest yeah, concert. We didn't need to do any of this. No, we didn't. Waste of time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has wasted an hour of our lives and everyone listening. <laughs> no, I, 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 I back that hundred percent. I think yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually willing to. I, I'd, I'd swap Daniel Caesar and, um, I'd swap Daniel Caesar and Masego. I, 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 I think yeah. on a, a different day, like. I look at the, the Daniel Caesars and the uh, uh, and and the uh, Tom Mish, like 
on a different day, they could potentially not be in the list. Like, mm. which, which is, which yeah. is, I know, defeats the whole point. It's of not this. a good sign. It's yeah. not a good, but like, just in terms of, there are so many great ones out there, and like, this has reinvigorated my like passion for it. Me too. No, that was great. I enjoyed this. This was not an argumentative episode. This was just appreciation. Very uplifting. Yeah. Very harmonious. Oh, very harmonious. Like the backing singers for Daniel Caesar. Boom. Love nice. That. Good work. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with our list. Me too. I feel like we very nice. we made the right choice. It would be interesting to, to hear other people's thoughts on this. I feel like a lot of people mm. have different takes on Tiny Desk. I think a lot as much as people are sick of us talking about him, I think a lot of people would argue that the Matt Miller one should be on the list. Yeah, I couldn't begrudge them either. Yeah. Hit us up on our Instagram, at yeah. Final Wrestling Place Podcast. We want to know your thoughts on it. DM us, comment on our post. Um, yeah, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know. Um, and catch us very soon, every Sunday, mm-hmm. for another Vinyl Resting Place episode. when I first saw it, which is nuts. Yeah, um, you should be working. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, we made it. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my love of T-Pain videos has got me this far, and uh, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs>